Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast on this Monday morning. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel. And hopefully if you're on social media, you're uh, following us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at Unpacking It. And then also Corey Miller is with us today. He's at Pastor Payne. And you can find me on Twitter as well. Just search Bryce Johnson. Man, we have got a loaded show for you. And we will get into the, the big Carson Wentz signing or trade to Indy. Uh, the latest with Deshaun Watson and some other moves around the NFL. Today's Unpack This topic will be about Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors losing to my Charlotte Hornets. And how about these Hornets? They're playing well, uh, so we'll have some fun with that. Uh, we will also uh, do what we're convinced of, and so we'll actually start the show with that in just a moment, and then toward the end of the show, uh, we'll, we'll run through some some fun, quick topics as well. So I'm joined by Corey Miller, Luke Heaton, Aaron May is our camera guy. We got Kyle Martin in the other room. He's working on, on a bunch of Unpacking It stuff. We've got a lot of events coming up here at Unpacking It, and Kyle is our uh, director of events. He's also a big Eagles fan, and I asked him today, how's he feeling about Wentz? And he said he's happy for him. So it's an interesting uh, thought to, to think about where – Philly is today compared to where they were just a couple of years ago as, as Super Bowl champs. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, before we say hello to Corey and Luke, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Corey Miller, former NFL linebacker, our director of ministry outreach, he is on location today. Corey, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing great. Uh, greetings from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, how we like to call it title town, uh, the home of champions. So I'm in Alabama for the week and, and uh, glad to, uh, to be with you. And listen, man, five, six years ago, we couldn't do things like this, right? Uh, you had to have all kind of wires and this and that. I remember my radio show I always did remotes and, you know, and sports bars to, you know, restaurants. I'd be everywhere. I traveled, you know, with the team and you got to have all these wires lugging around this big case, but now in a backpack, bro, we can be across <laughs> the world with a backpack and some Wi-Fi. Boy, you can do some great things. So uh, I'm glad to uh, welcome all of our listeners at Unpacking It and at the podcast we welcome you to Title Town here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I love it. Well, we're glad you're uh, still able to join us. And and Luke, in the middle of Texas, some some major storms and and you know a lot of concern uh, for our friends in Texas. But Luke, how did you survive? And and you mentioned before the show that the snow is already melted. Is that right? The snow is gone, which is crazy. It is. It, it's Texas is just truly a roller coaster of weather <laughs> shenanigans. So we, I think we, uh, the previous two weekends ago, I think was the coldest weekend in Texas in the last 188 years, um, and we had the uh, about 140 hours straight under free, below freezing, which was I think a record in Texas. And I was telling you guys before the show, people in Minnesota must think Texas is so soft. Like before <laughs> the bad weather hit, we canceled. Every, every everyone canceled school because it might rain during freezing temps. Schools canceled. People in Minnesota are like, God, what are they doing down there? But a uh, lot of people uh, really suffered here. So, like, 
just Texas needs a lot of prayers with uh, recovering. A lot of people are out of power for days, out of water for days. Um, so we're recovering. It was a wake-up call that Texas is not prepared for uh, an ice storm, a weather storm. Um, so, But we're trending, which is nice. Well, good. No, glad, glad to hear that. And uh, yeah, very, very concerning for sure. And, and so as we uh, get things going today, we're, we're going to start our, our show with a, with a new segment that I used to do on the, the radio show, and now we'll incorporate it into this, uh, this live podcast that, that we're doing on Mondays, where basically we let you know what we're convinced of as the week begins. And so we'll, we'll go around, and, and each of us will uh, kind of share one quick thing that, that we're convinced of. And so for me, as I, I come in on this Monday following a huge Duke win against Virginia, I am convinced that I jumped off the Duke bandwagon too soon because after Duke lost to UNC, they lost to Notre Dame, and, and before that they lost to, to Miami, and I'm thinking, all right, this season's over. Forget about it. Might not even make the tournament. I don't even want to waste my time watching Duke basketball anymore. And now they have won three in a row. So they beat NC State, beat Wake Forest, and then a big win this weekend against Virginia came down to the stretch. I thought Duke was about to blow it right at the end, but they, they hung on and they, they pulled it out at home. It's still, I'm, I'm convinced watching Duke without the Cameron Crazies is not right. It's sad. It's pathetic. It's, it's just devastating. We missed the Crazies, uh, but, but I'm so glad to see them win. And so I'm convinced that, that Duke is better off with Jalen Johnson. Uh, and so there's some debate between uh, Jay Billis and, and kind of coming out saying, oh, there's no way they're better without Jalen Johnson, who has already left to go to the NBA and kind of get ready for that. And, and so for me, I think it's a, a serious uh, issue when you have individual players that are more concerned about what they're going to do next than what they're, you know, they're playing teamwork, accomplishing goals as a team. And, and so it's kind of evident that he's gone. They're doing well without him. Other guys are stepping up. Other guys are getting more minutes. And so I'm convinced Duke is better off. But at the same time, I'm convinced that Jalen Johnson has every right to, to go leave and, and, and pursue what he wants to do next. Uh, you know, it's tough when these guys are, are in many ways forced to you know spend a year before going to the NBA and they go to college and all that sort of thing, um, which I'm, I'm convinced they, they need to make that rule change. But uh, But anyway. Uh, so I, I'm convinced this morning that, that Duke has turned the corner and they're going to make a little run to end the season. And they're always good in the ACC tournament. So look out for them. So there you go. I'm convinced of that. Corey, what are you convinced of today? Well, I got like a two and one because I, I'm not going to go too far in depth with any of these two things, but they're very crucial. And I've been speaking on them. Number one, I'm convinced of this, that you guys, especially you, Bryce, laughed at when I said this last week that the Brooklyn Nets will play in an NBA final against the Lakers, who are struggling right now without a couple of starters out, mainly Davis, right? But the Brooklyn Nets went on the road minus their leader, Kevin Durant, and pulled the broomstick on the West Coast. Golden State, both L.A. teams, it don't matter. Denver, you name it, they beat them without KD. And what about James Harden? Everybody said he'll be a problem. He's a locker room guy. He's he going to pull the team apart. Nope. He has been the facilitator. He's been that guy that's come in there, I mean, playing a point guard like a point guard supposed to play, the distributor of the basketball. This guy has been phenomenal. When he needs to score, we know he can do that. He's a top three scorer in the NBA, but look at the Brooklyn Nets. They will be uh, in the finals. They're going to walk through the Eastern Division. Nobody. I know Philadelphia. Everybody's hyped up on Philadelphia. Doc Rivers, nope. Boston, they got beat yesterday. The New Orleans, nope. Miami, they looked okay. Barely beat the Lakers. They won't do it. Nope. Watch the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets. I'm convinced that Brooklyn, oh yeah, will be in the finals. And part two, I'm switching to football real quick. I'm convinced but Carson Wentz now gone, shipped off to Indy. You know, Indy, to me, when I think of Indy, I think about the race car. I think about I think about the racetrack, the 500, not the Colts, but the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm convinced since I'm in title time. Here you go. Jalen Hurts will be the starter 
and the Philadelphia Eagles won't look back. They will be a playoff team next year, Ooh. winning the NFC Ooh. East with Jalen Hurts. Giants won't beat them, my team. The Redskins won't beat them. Nope, it's not going to happen. And the Cowboys, because Dak Prescott's going to be gone, they won't beat them. We know what they look like. Jalen Hurts and the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, uh -huh. will win the NFC East and be in the playoffs in the 2021. There you go. That is very bold, and and I will. Uh, I, I I like Jalen Hurts, and I'm rooting for him, but I do not think this Eagles team is a is a playoff team, at least at the moment. We'll see what they do in the draft and free agency. So that's a that's a bold statement. And then you know the Nets had a great great week. So last Monday, I I, you know, I told you guys I, I'm not on, on the bandwagon for the Nets, and then they they won all week long and and looked great, and, and like you said, had some big wins. But I still stand by when the playoffs come. They don't have the depth and they don't have the defense needed to, to win a championship. So I'll stand by that and, and to even get to the finals. And also, I, the Sixers with Joel Embiid, I love the big man. I'm a 90s basketball guy. David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Patrick Ewing. Let's go. Joel, Joel Embiid. He, 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 don't, he, he doesn't embody any of that because the old school yeah, big men were, were banging. <laughs> they were bangers in the paint. This guy wants to – he's soft. You're speaking of – this guy is soft. Yeah, he wants to be out here and shoot threes and, and, you know, finger roll like he's George Gervin or somebody. There you go for, for Texas San Antonio. But the thing is, nah, man, they can't do it. And you're talking about the depth. I mean, you got – DeAndre balling last night, Bruce Brown balling last night, Joe Harris balling last. They have they have a bench. These guys can score. The the Nets. I'm telling you right now, you're sleeping on them. Beat. Watch what I tell you. Nobody in the Eastern Conference gonna be able to stay on the court. They don't have to play defense because they can they can put up 150 if they need to. This is a this is an All Star game type offense. Steve Nash, his first year head coach, it's tough. I mean, they, the guys have done it. Tyrone Lue won a championship with the with the Cavs. Uh, I think it was his first year. So, yeah, no, it can be done. But uh, to me, there's a lot of things against the Nets during playoff time. That's the key. All right, Luke, what are you convinced of today? Yeah, I'm going to go a different route. we got to go golf here. I got, my, I got my golf mug. I'm a golf junkie. The golf bug bit about four years ago. And uh, I tell everyone, when the golf bug bites, there's no going back. But I'm convinced that... If Tony Finau doesn't figure it out quickly, he's going to be done. Ooh. So Tony Finau, uh, another runner-up yesterday in the Genesis, uh, uh, Genesis Open against Max Homa. Great win by Max Homa. Tony Finau, here's a stat. He is one of six wow. players with 30-plus top 10 finishes on PGA Tour since 2017. One of six players. The other five. Uh, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Rory, and Webb Simpson have combined for 37 wins. Tony has zero wins. Tony, since his last win, has won eight, has earned 18 million dollars. He is a top 10 runner-up machine. I, I think I think it's getting to the 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 mental game of it. I just don't know if he can get it done. Mm -hmm. Watching it, it went he had he shot a 64 yesterday to go into a playoff against Max Homa, and. He just looked so stiff over putts. He just fell apart. Mac, he, he, on the first playoff hole, Tony should have won. Max had an amazing uh, chip shot to get on the green and make par. But Tony's got to figure out quickly because he is a – he is very – he is – it's very close that reporters are going to start really asking him about this. Because if it was a bigger name, like if it was Tiger or Spieth or other guys, they're getting hammered in the media for this. And now people are starting to catch on that Tony Finau, he might not be able to get it done. He's got one win uh, in the Puerto, Rico, the Puerto Rico Open, which some people say if you win the Puerto Rico Open, you never win again. Puerto Rico Open curse. <laughs> but I'm convinced if he doesn't figure it out quickly, he might crumble because I think he's starting to really feel the pressure of the mental side of it and maybe starting to believe that he can't get it done because it's time and time and time again. I feel for him. I hope he does. He's got a great game, but he, he doesn't seem to have it when it really counts. Man. That's, that's a good take. I like Finau. I'd like to see him uh, get a win. And, and I love the guy. He's a great. Uh, I love rooting for him. In the mix. But he just he he, it's, he can't get it done. How many top tens you say he had? That's uh, an incredible stat, by the way. Oh no, he has. Let's find this. Uh, well, he's it? yeah one of one of six players with thirty plus top tens. Thirty plus. In Listen, Tony Finau. First of all, amazing, amazing person. Number two, 
if you can play golf and, and, and that would be all you have done, let me tell you, you've had a very blessed and successful career. And by the way, very rich. Um, but here's the thing. If golf is just weird. I mean, sometimes you get you get close, top tens, top fives, you're in the playoff, you lose. You know, you just got to keep banging on that damn. The pressure going to bust the pipe. And I think it takes that one victory for him because he got all the game. He's long. He kills it off the tee. He can putt. He, 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 he's got everything to win tournaments. A lot of times it's between the ears. It's just that mental thing that here we go again. I've been here before. Think about this. We were saying this a few years ago about the, the best golfer right now is Dustin Johnson. What we saying that? I mean, but he finally break through. He got a got a win in a major. And he comes back wins the one that he's always wanted to win, which is Augusta National, the Masters. He he finally got that breakthrough because he was right there all the time. And Tony Finau still young enough, I think, to break through. So Luke, strong take, but I think he will finally win a tournament. And and, you know, the guy, I say, he's going to be living on the beach somewhere just watching the blue waters. No, I, <laughs> hey, I agree. If you, if you, I mean, if you can play golf and just make cuts, you are a blessed man. If you could do that for 20, 10, five years, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, Spieth uh, was, uh, was uh, tied for 15th yesterday, and he had made $150,000. So, I mean, nah. you make cuts, you're fine. But I hope he gets it done. I just think now it's become a really strong pattern. And I think it's it's gonna it, it, the media might start blasting him for it and really questioning for it because he hasn't had to answer it even in the yesterday's interview uh, he didn't it didn't even uh, wasn't even addressed that another top another runner up finish so uh, it's I hope he figures it out because I, I it could crumble him potentially if he can't handle that pressure. Well, there you go. That's what we're convinced of on this Monday. We'd love to know what you're convinced of. So leave your comments. Uh, anywhere you're listening on social media, we'll see those comments. We'll post some of them uh, if they're if they're good takes. So uh, so let us know what you're convinced of, and and then if you're listening to the podcast later on, shoot us an email, uh, Bryce at unpackingit.com. So we're switching up the format a little bit today. If you've been listening the last few weeks, we we normally wrap up the show with our unpack this segment, which is when we really you know dive into the Bible and 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 talk about a a faith topic, but we want to do that earlier in the show. That, that's what we're all about here at Unpacking It. And so we'll, we'll do some, uh, some fun sports talk here in a little bit and get your, your thoughts uh, on Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson and, and some of the other big stories uh, from the last week. But, but I want to go back to, uh, I guess it was Friday night when the Warriors and the Hornets played. And so we're, we're going to unpack this game and, and what ended up happening with kind of the final seconds of that game. And, and so each week we take a, a sports topic related to the Bible, related to our own lives. Uh, you can subscribe to actually receive the, the Unpack This devotional in your email inbox. Uh, just go to unpackingit.com. And so we, we write a devotional three times a week, and then Corey does a, a video twice a week. So uh, we appreciate uh, you listening and responding and, and offering feedback uh, when, when we write, write and uh, record those video devotionals. So today... At the end of the game, it was a tight game. It looked like the Warriors were going to end up winning, but as a, a jump ball is called, there's a little scuffle on the floor. Gordon Hayward, Draymond Green, the Hornets are able to call a timeout. And what ends up happening is Draymond Green doesn't like the call. He doesn't like that he, you know it wasn't maybe another uh, jump ball or he didn't like that the Hornets were able to, to snag a, a timeout and keep possession of the ball. And so he gets a couple technicals. He gets tossed from the game and in many ways cost the Warriors the game because the Warriors were up to at that time. Then the technical fouls, Terry Rozier goes to the line, hits two free throws, ties up the game and, and then ended up hitting a game winner before that. I guess it was the three. Uh, and so he, he ended up just being the hero of the game. And, and so a big win for the Hornets. They're playing really well. Terry Rozier continues to put up, 30-point games, and so uh, as a Hornets fan, we're, we're loving life. But, but here's, here's the thought today for us to, to consider. As we, we think about Draymond Green getting tossed from the game, what did he do? He lost his composure. What happened? He allowed anger to, to you know, take over and, and ignite too much of a response in that moment, and instead of remaining level-headed, 
and, you know, saying, all right, we lost, we didn't, we didn't get the ball. We got to come play defense. Let's get a stop. Let's get the, you know, let's, let's hold on to this win. He cost his team uh, an opportunity for, for a win, a, a night that Steph Curry actually didn't play. Um, and so for us, I, I think this is an important topic to consider, uh, you know, kind of doing an inventory every once in a while. And, and this is, you know, one of the issues that I've struggled with in, in, throughout my life is the, the temper and the anger. So I just stopped playing sports because I can't handle it. But, um, but when I was even in high school playing basketball, I would get technical fouls. And I was like the, 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 the nice kid who prayed before the game. And, all right, everybody, have a great game. And then as soon as that ball was tipped, I'm yelling at the ref and causing trouble. And so it was not a great uh, example on, on my part. But, but God has continued over the years to challenge me and, and, and really uh, convict me of kind of the short temper and, and ultimately getting to the heart issue. Why am I angry? Why am I allowing certain things to be triggers in my life? And, and now I will say this, once I had a daughter, she's calmed me down a lot. And so I'm not as on edge as I, as I used to be. And so I've got a soft, softer heart uh, with her, which helps. But, but God has done a, a great work in my life as well. Uh, just as I've had to to surrender more and more uh, the, the anger in my life, and so I want to share a couple of verses. And 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 for those of you uh, you know listening, would love to know kind of how you uh, respond when you know something doesn't go your way that can lead to anger. When someone maybe has hurt you, uh, said something. You know, how do you handle even you know disagreements at at work in in your home with your spouse with your kids when anger can be the you know default response. Um, and how often does it, you know, maybe cost you the way it did Draymond Green in that game? And so uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, uh, it says, a short-sighted fool always loses his temper and displays his anger, but a wise man uses self-control and holds back. And then another verse in Proverbs, uh, actually the same, it's a little bit later. Uh, an angry man stirs up strife and a hot-tempered and undisciplined man commits many transgressions. So oftentimes the anger leads to, to other issues. Uh, and so we have to get to the heart of the issue. Why am I angry? Why am I responding in that way? And how can I, one, pause in those moments? How can I uh, maybe see the bigger picture before, <laughs> before responding um, and ultimately choosing relationships uh, over the, uh, the response of, oh man, you hurt me in that, in that moment. I got to respond and, 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 and react in a, a negative way. So uh, I'll pause there. Got some other thoughts. We can go along with that. But, uh, but, but Corey, how, how have you uh, maybe uh, dealt with the idea of, of anger or the feeling of anger, the issues of anger uh, throughout your life? And what has God taught you in, on this topic? Wow. Um, that's a tough one because, you know, when you talk about anger and you're talking about sports, uh, you know, it's really a fine line. Uh, and, you know, when you play the game, especially football game that's based on passion, playing angry, playing mad, always something that helped me. Right. I mean, you get you to that next level. I mean, so the sport that you can take uh, an attitude of anger and, and and take it on the field and take it out on somebody, punish somebody. But that's a good anger. I mean, if you can keep it that way. Now, what Draymond Green did the other day is over the top. Now you're talking about losing control, you know, uh, you know, getting out of character and hurting and punish your team. So when you get to that level, it's a whole nother level of anger, you know, and anger is fun, guys. Here's, here's something for you. Um, it's fine, not fun, but anger says this in the Bible. One scripture says, be angry, but do not sin. You know, Jesus, Jesus displayed righteous anger when they were selling stuff and he came in and he turned over the tables. He was mad. So anger isn't really being angry. is not a problem if you if it's controlled. You know, somebody does something that you don't. It's OK to get upset. Your kid does something. It's OK. Parents get upset. They get angry. If somebody make you angry. You know, it's OK. But but sin not. Don't take it to that next level. So I think that's what you got to learn. It's okay. People think, oh, you know, some people have anger and now they go over the top like Draymond Green, right? And then you, you start saying stuff, stuff that you don't mean. You curse people out. You, you know, <laughs> you don't go, wait, wait a minute. Let's reel that back in. But the angry part is fine, but don't sin. So how do you do that? That's, that is a hard issue. Then you have to ask God to, if you're one that goes over the top, 
which we all have been there, and we're all probably going to go there because there's things that sometimes that, that catch you off guard that you just snap, but you got to have somebody, even support system or, hey, man, calm down, do the whole thing, you know, count to 10, whatever you got to do, and, and try to settle down. Um, but, you know, my thing is to say not. It's okay to be angry. I played angry. I like playing mad. I like playing, you know, uh, we had a coach, Jim Washburn, when I was in college. He was a defensive line coach. He had a big old wad of, they used to call it backer. You know, chew the back of his mouth. And he's redheaded dude, you know, spitting. You know, and, I, and we'd be doing one-on-one pass rushing. And he used to be uh, saying this This my teammate was a captain buddy of mine, Kurt Wilson from New Jersey. He'd go, Kurt, Ike Harris is talking about your mother. He's saying awful things about your mother. And Kurt Wilson would just fire red. He was, he goes nuts. And he and it made him play angry. You know what I mean? And, and he was successful. But he had a control. You know, it wouldn't go, yeah, the play wouldn't go on. They'd be fighting anything. It just like it made him play the game with a different kind of passion. But I'm saying this, be angry, but don't be. The scripture could read like this. Paul could say, be angry, but don't be Draymond Green. <laughs> Here you go. That's that's Corey's uh, 16 and 1. Be angry, but don't do it like Draymond Green did because that's over the top. It's okay. Righteous anger. Something ain't right. Get angry about it. Talk about it. Deal with it. But don't go into sin. Well, and, and just one thought with Draymond. And anytime I bring up topics where I, you know, I recognize something in in a, in a player that I always want it to relate to our own lives to recognize, hey, we've got our own faults as well. And so Draymond, yeah, admittedly he he lost it. He kind of lost control on on Friday night. There's no denying that. Steve Kerr, you know, acknowledged it as well. Um, but it's it's figuring out, okay, how do we relate to Draymond? How have we had Draymond type moments in our own lives? So. I, yeah, I don't think Corey's saying this, or I'm not saying it, where we're pointing the finger at, at Draymond as much as we're saying, hey, we can see where it, how it escalates and the results of allowing a short temper and anger, you know, h- how that affects a basketball game, but it also affects us in, in how we respond to people. And, and, and oftentimes it can, you know, we, people lose trust in us when, when we do, you know, always fly off the handle and, and respond uh, in, in such an angry way. Um, and, and I, and Corey, I think you bring up a great point as far as the, the righteous anger and yeah, there's a lot of evil in this world that should make us angry. There, there's no question, but, but where, what do we do with that? And, and do we ultimately turn to the Lord to say, all right, Lord, give us clarity on how we're supposed to respond to this injustice and to the evil of this world. And, and how do we yeah, step in when we can, how do we, we speak up when we, when, when we have the opportunity um, and then how do we yeah, stand up against uh, evil uh, as well? So, so that's think, some of that. can. And, and I think every individual is different. Like you said, you had you had an issue with it, so you had to deal with it. I mean, some people, it's not even a problem. But, you know, we, when we try to relate this thing to sports, that's why we're trying to get some examples, right? Just In sports, it's hard. I mean, because I've done things like that in the game. You know what I mean? The guy late hit me off his lineman, go at my knees or my ankle. I punched him in places I probably shouldn't have punched him. <laughs> you know, I've done things. You know, I've gotten into fights. I mean, Ron Wolfley, uh, uh, we planned the Phoenix Cardinals back in the day, Arizona Cardinals. He was a cheap shot guy. Me and him went into a halftime tunnel fighting. I mean, that's just who, who it was. I mean, that's the way it was. So, you know, but but I think the thing is, if you have an anger issue, how do you deal with it? And that is a hard issue. That means asking God to help you deal with it because you can't deal with it on your own. You know, he has to help you uh, uh, exercise that calmness. I mean, you know, and, and maybe, get, you know, a, a, a pleasant word which turns away wrath, you know, but the, the anger stirs up issues. I mean, so, you know, God has to help us deal with these types of things. And, and in sports, is hard. Nobody's saying it's easy. And I'm not picking on Draymond, but, but I'm just saying, yeah, Draymond yeah. has a but this listen, he has a pattern. This is not one, this is not the one time. This is this is just who he is. When the people say Draymond Green, anger. <laughs> you know, fighter. But a lot of people like that because he exercises toughness, but he needs to in that situation be able to back out of that. And he can't back out. So that tells me that's a heart issue that needs to be dealt with. And and as a Hornets fan, I'm glad he lost it. But but as a <laughs> as learning uh, learning a lesson today, let let me real real quickly read uh, Ephesians, and this is the one that you either read or alluded to, uh, four twenty six and twenty seven. This is the amplified version where it says, "Be angry 
at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior. Yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. So those are the, 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 the negative results when anger takes over and, and, and takes hold in your life. Luke, you got something to add to this? Yeah, I think <clears throat> anger is, I think people really write it off as, oh yeah, anger, avoid anger. Um, let's, uh, yeah, anger management, all these, all these terms. But anger has taken on such a, a negative connotation, but I would really venture to say it's a neutral term. Just like anything and like a lot of things in this life, there a lot of things are neutral, but it's where are they directed? Like food, a gift from God. It's probably neutral, but it can be directed towards gluttony or it could be directed towards thankfulness. Anything of like uh sex, sex is good, gift from God. It can be directed towards horrific sins, it can be directed towards gratitude and thankfulness and self-control. Uh anger. It can be directed towards, like, like you, were, you were saying, Bryce, it can be directed towards uh, I'm angry at injustice against God or I'm angry because of pride and something in my life that I'm prideful about uh, has crumbled or someone has done something against me and I'm uh, an insecurity is coming out. Like anger in itself is, new. I mean, you read the Psalms, like there's so many Psalms where the writers are saying, uh, ask pleading with God to get to to rain down vengeance on them uh, to to take away their enemies to destroy their enemies but for a lot of those it's out of a heart of god they have sinned against you it's not about god they took away my horse i want you to to kill them it's god you are holy this person this nation is sinning against you please do something and honor your own name like a lot of the psalms are about that so <clears throat> Like, not only should we be telling people, hey, you're angry, or what are you angry at? It needs to be directed towards, does your anger result in, I'm angry at injustice against God? Is my anger resulting in fruit? Is it resulting in people knowing God more? Or is it selfish anger? And mm. we can tell people on the other side, hey, why aren't you angry? You're, mm. we, there's people, I, I could probably get like this sometimes. It's easy to, to kind of want to stay neutral. I don't want to get angry. We as Christians should be angry at injustices against God. That should break our hearts. That should arise up anger. Anger is it just like pain. Pain protects us. When we feel something that hurts, like a broken wrist, if we didn't have pain, we'd have no idea. We'd keep injuring it more and more and more. Anger can protect us like, oh, I see that. I have this anger inside me. Why is that? Well, it could be because it's an injustice against God, and the Spirit is convicting me about this. Mm -hmm. So like, anger is a really dense topic. But I think in our culture, it's really written off as, oh, avoid anger. Just be these kind of numb, neutral robots. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't want anger. But anger is really good if it's directed towards faithfulness and really directed towards, hey, there is an injustice against God. God, please protect your holy name and do something about it. That's strong. I love it. Uh, that's a great uh, added perspective. And, uh, yeah, so I think for, for us today, it's just kind of evaluating – yeah, what, what are we doing with our anger? Where is it coming from? Um, and, and getting to maybe some of the, the core issues too. And I think when we have maybe you know, too high of expectations of, of people or, or we expect everything to, to always go our way or like I get angry when I'm driving sometimes because I think I'm the only one on the road, right? And so people are getting in my way. Well, yeah. what is that? That's selfishness, that's pride. That's, the, that's at the core of why I'm getting mad about the person in front of me uh, who's going too slow. And, and then I take it a step further. Well, why am I getting mad at them being slow? Because I'm late. Because I made the choice to leave my house later than I should have. So now I'm scrambling to get somewhere. Someone's in my way. And so it all goes back to this selfishness. And it's, it's my world and everybody's living in it uh, type of mentality. And so uh, <laughs> that's my confession for the day. Um, and so, uh, so maybe that's uh, hopefully encouraging to, to all of us. So it's in those moments where we have to uh, release that, that anger and say, Lord, give me peace in this moment. Uh, I'm the one at fault here, taking some ownership for, for our own issues at times, uh, confessing those and, and uh, making changes the next time around, right? So, uh, so hopefully that's uh, 
something you can unpack today here on Unpacking It. And, and so we'll, uh, we'll leave that thought there. You can read the devotional and, and a little bit more on that later today. And you can sign up on unpackingit.com if you haven't yet. But let's get to some of the big stories today. And I do want to go back to last week with the, the big news in the NFL with Carson Wentz being traded to Indianapolis. And I was actually hoping this deal would happen uh, even last year when things started to, to unravel a little bit, thinking about, man, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz reuniting. I have been on the Carson Wentz bandwagon for many years. Uh, he was on three of my fantasy teams last year. Uh, I, I, I had him, he was doing well, then I cut him, and I even signed him again when he, when he played better kind of midway through the season and then things really unraveled. So I am rooting for him. Uh, I love the trade for the Colts. They didn't have to give up a a ton. And I do think we're going to look back years later, maybe even just in one year and go, wow, the Eagles absolutely blew it with Carson Wentz. You know, we can't believe they let this talented of a player leave their franchise. Uh, But at the same time, this is the best case scenario for everyone. It wasn't working in Philly. It wasn't going to work. The, the damage had been done. And, and even talking to Kyle here at the office, who's an Eagles fan, the, the, the problem was winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what that's winning it without Carson Wentz. And so it's so hard to overcome that. And you've got just that, that hanging over your head with Nick Foles and the Nick Foles statue and all of that. Uh, it's unfortunate. So the Eagles got their Super Bowl. Things unraveled. But now the Colts, they, they get a franchise quarterback. He's 28 years old. They've still got cap room. That's the beautiful part about this. They can go out and sign other weapons for him. They're setting themselves up to be a Super Bowl contender, which they were close to being at this year. And Wentz is better than Phillip Rivers. So, uh, so I, I'm all in and, and very excited about it. Corey, what do you make of the, the, the move? Wentz is better than Phillip Rivers. Well, that hasn't been the last couple of years. But, but my point is, uh, I think it's – probably the right move for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no way they could have kept Carson Wentz around because he had become a, uh, a deterrent to the locker room. Um, you know, he was checked out. He was ready to move on. I mean, this is a guy that came in and, you know, had great high expectations and played well for a few seasons, got a big-time t- contract. They paid him a lot of money. Then, you know, then he started having an injury bug, and, and of course, that hurt him, and, you know, Philadelphia gets a Super Bowl that he he pretty much is largely responsible for responsible for because he got him to the place where Nick Foles would come in and and just finish driving the car, and then you know Jalen Hurts and then it just been a problem. So I, I agree. Sometimes it's time for a player to leave. What he does in Indy, I, I don't know yet because I think Carson Wentz is a is a Mentally right now, he's got to work out some things. I know he's going to feel more comfortable with Frank Wright, a guy he's familiar with. I think there's another coach there that he, from the Eagles back in the days that he's familiar with. They have talent on the outside. They got a good running game. They got really good defense. They got great leadership, which is key on this football team. But I don't know. I'm not jumping to pick the Colts as a top four or five team in the AFC, even with Carson Wentz. I mean, because I, I just don't see it. I mean, I they got a long way to go, and he's going to have to prove to me that he's ready to take that next leap. It it looks good on paper. I mean, we saw what Philip Rivers came in and done at the age of sixty five. He threw the <laughs> ball. He threw the ball around, but he couldn't move. I mean, in today's game, you got to have a mobile quarterback. You got to have a guy that can improvise, that can extend plays, that can make decisions on the move. Carson Wentz can do that. Uh, he can move around in the pocket. I think that helps the Colts team uh, a little bit. But still, um, you know, I just don't know. I, I don't. And maybe it's the media. Maybe it's what we've heard. We don't know because we're not in the locker room. We're not around guys. So to me, when you talk about that position, leadership is huge. And he hadn't shown me just yet that he's a great leader. Mm. I mean, when you look at the other quarterbacks, you know, around the league, that's top shelf, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons, the Drew Brees, you know, these guys, they had leadership and players rallied around them. They, they, I haven't seen that with Carson Wentz. I've seen the opposite. So do I expect that just to change because of a new location, a new address? Uh, I don't know. We just got to wait and see. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point because we, we do need to see the leadership side of things. But as far as the, the, the skills and the talent, we, we know that's there. And we see this all the time in sports where guys have an off game, an off season, a, a losing streak or you know a, a slump and, and all those sort of things. And they because the talent's there, they bounce out of it. Or because they change scenery, you know, they're able to, to, to respond differently. And so that's what I lean on with Wentz that – the talent's there. We know it's there, and and the the Colts will pull it out of him. and And I think there there already is enough leadership, and that's already somewhat of a veteran team, especially on on defense. And uh, you know, see if they keep Ty Hilton, some of those guys that have been there for for a while now. But but I think there's a, it's a good enough structure that's in place there that he can plug in and not necessarily have to totally carry the locker room, but. To your point, the quarterback's got to be a key leader on the team. There's no question about that, and he's going to have to step up in that area. Um, but I can't wait to see him bounce back where he's actually protected. He's not running for his life like he was in Philadelphia where they wouldn't even adapt the playbook to suit him and to suit the, the, the team that they had last year. They did it when Jalen Hurts came out. They changed the offense a little bit to, to, to maximize what Hurts could do. They weren't doing that for Wentz. They weren't making adjustments. And so the Colts will, will, will be able to, to maximize Wentz. Uh, so I can't wait to see it. Luke, go ahead, man. It's so hard to have an opinion. Like, and now it's crazy to say when Carson Wentz was in the NFC East. It's like the, the conversation was always, man, is, is Dak overrated or underrated? Is Carson Wentz overrated or underrated? It's just so hard to say. Like, at this point, they're probably <clears throat> properly rated. I mean, like, we haven't seen enough of consistent health in Carson Wentz to really gain an understanding of what he is. I agree. We know he has talent. We, and, and again, in football, it's all about right situation. It's all about who's on the field with you. Who's what's the, what's uh what's it like in the locker room? What's it like upstairs in your head? This could be great for him. And I, I just, it, it seems to be a move that it is worth it. I mean, why not take a flyer on Carson Wentz? Who has shown he has great talent, and give himself a good situation. Like I, you, you know, you can win with Carson Wentz. Um, it's just like what's what's the next three years? We don't know his longevity. Uh, at this point, I'm probably this is probably a homer call, but I'd probably take Dak over Wentz. I think Dak has showed more, uh, and Dak has really continued to develop as a passer, which I really appreciate. Before his injury this past season, he was incredible uh, through the air. It's just again, like I've talked about, tons of horrific holes in the rest of the team. But I like the trade. I think it's a great spot uh, with a former coach. Uh, Indiana has a great culture. The I'm drawing a blank on the linebacker's name for the Colts. Who had, a, who had a, tw a, a tweet about, we don't want you here unless you are going to to give everything you have. If you're, if you're, if you're going to take plays off, we don't want you in Indianapolis. Just in general, not about Wentz. He was just saying that in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in general about players. Like that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Indiana, Indianapolis has a great culture. This could be a. This is a great environment for Wentz, assuming he still has it to thrive. Like it's it's a it's good culture. Really, like if you want, if you like, Philly, not not the best situation. Like culture wise, we're not really sure what's going on. We're not sure if Wentz has lost the locker room or not. A lot of different potential uh, inside turmoil. But man, you want to kind of resurrect a career with plenty of years left? Go to a great culture. And Indianapolis has that. So I think it's a great, great spot for him. And I, I love that Indianapolis uh, took a flyer on wins. Absolutely. I was listening this morning to Dan Patrick, and apparently the Colts were the only team that, that had a legit offer. That was wow. it. That was the one well, spot. Wasn't, wasn't the Eagles owner like trying to get a, a Matthew Stafford haul for him? Yeah. Which is just, I, that was never going to happen. But the market wasn't there. It was not there for Wentz, which I, I find to, to be crazy. I can't believe everybody wrote him off uh, around the NFL, a 28-year-old quarterback who, who had an MVP caliber season just a few years ago. Uh, it's I just it's very interesting. Well, Good for the well here's, here's the thing, guys, y'all got to understand. It's like, you know, that's good. You know, again, you're looking at stats, you're looking at all this stuff. But when you when you get this in, in, the, in the NFL and, and that buzz goes throughout the league, it's an internal problem. It's things that that's happening. So he not just like the locker room, but his relationship with other players to 
you know, these things become issues and other owners and, you know, it's a fraternity that, and that's only one team that wanted him that offered anything for him. And it was a guy that, that maybe knows him. Frank Wright says, Hey guys, I, I know what's been said. I know what's out there, but I know this guy and, and I can reel him back in. That's the only reason he has a job there, right? Because Frank said, Hey, you know what? This is a good dude. I know he's, he's been dealt some, some, some tough hands. Listen, I, we're going to work together. Well, I, I, we, we had a good run together, you know, so we can, we can re we can reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Right. So, but you got to understand that just shows you that when the people start talking about he's a problem in the locker room and a bad attitude, you know, nobody wants you around. Nobody, don't, they don't want you to come and poison their system, right? We know he got talent. We know that he can play when he's healthy. But one team, and listen, they ain't give up anything. A third rounder and a 2022 second rounder that could be a first round if he plays 75% of the plays. It'll be late. For a $100 million quarterback that's under 30, are you kidding me? That's That tells you what the sentiment is across the NFL about Carson Wentz. So so there's something, something to that. Now he that's has to go out point. here. He has to go out here and prove that, hey, you know, I'm a different dude. It was a tough, it was a tough environment there, but I needed a fresh start. And if he goes out there and, and they win the division and get in the playoffs and make a super listen, everybody in Andy will love Carson Wentz. They'll be start chatting Peyton Manning again. But he has to go do that. Now, if he goes out there and struggle, you know, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions like he's been doing, 72.8 rating. They're going to be ready to get rid of him. And and so it's a lot of pressure on him. He got a new chance, but a lot of pressure, guys, a lot of pressure. Mark it down. I, I'm all in. I, I think they're going to be great. I, I will not be surprised <laughs> that they're fighting for the, in the AFC championship. It's hard to pick against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are still the team to beat the AFC, but I put the Colts right there. I mean, you know, the, the Ravens, the Titans, okay, that's fine. They're right there. We'll see what the Steelers do. But the, the Colts are going to be in the mix. And Wentz is going to have a back team. Yeah, Buffalo, too. That's fair. Right. Yep. Right. Being a Colts guy, was this your best-case scenario, getting Wentz? Or was there whether it was there some other direction you were hoping they were going to go? No, I think Wentz is. Yeah. I think, it, I think the age and, you know, with a young running back, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman came on late, late in the season. Uh, they, they had another wide receiver. I can't think of his name at the moment. But uh, he was great early, and then he got injured. Um, so they've, they've got some weapons. T.Y. Hilton isn't necessarily your true number one anymore. They've got three tight ends. I love uh, Mo Ali Cox. He's really good. Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton yeah. was actually with Philly uh, when Carson Wentz was there. So, um, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Carson Wentz has everything he needs to do well. So it's really just on him. Like, he has no pressure to make up for uh, other spots on the field that aren't filled. It won't happen. So it won't happen. It's, it's no. all there. It's all there for Wentz to be successful. So yeah. he, he's he's going in. I if, from that you could say that's pressure, but really it's it's no like he doesn't have to make up for any uh, other poor positions. Like who who's in that division? The Titans. That's it. That's the problem. That's it though. So two both of them can go to the playoffs. I'm just not sold on Tennessee long term. I just don't know. That's fair. Uh, yeah. No. I I I like the Colts better heading into next year. I don't know that, how I don't know how defense, is. With that grown man in the backfield, they got big time receivers on the out. Listen, Tennessee got a formula that works in the NFL: great defense and run game, which a lot of people have gotten away from because they want fantasy football numbers and, and PlayStation. But that formula still works. If which you can in run Indianapolis, the football, right? It's, and it's, and and it's can, now they have the same formula. And if you can play great defense. You can get to the Super Bowl. That's right. Paris, so it's now, Cam. now it's uh, Indianapolis or Tennessee who can uh, be more successful because they really have both teams have the same formula. They're they're pretty similar. Uh, who else in that division? Jacksonville and Houston. So those two teams. Oh are, yeah, sure, yeah. Count them out. Not, yeah, not doing it next year anyway. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of Houston, uh, Deshaun and Paris Campbell was the wide receiver I mentioned. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we still don't know where, where he's going to end up, but you're wearing all your Panthers gear, Corey, and the Panthers have been making moves. They are setting themselves up. They are all in. They're going to do whatever they can to get Deshaun Watson. And, and I'm, I'm excited about the, the possibility. I, I want them to do it. 
I, even if it, if it means, I hate to say it, if it means Christian McCaffrey, I still say you go for it. You got to oh. get Deshaun Watson. It's all about having a quarterback. And, and so uh, I think the Panthers are going to do it. I, I really do. I, I, he's got the, the no trade clause. Come here. The weapons are here. Uh, they got to kind of maybe add a couple uh, offensive linemen, but uh, keep, keep a couple, add one or two, and then they'll be good to go. But they're, they're set, man. They're ready for Deshaun. Let's go. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. Let's sit, guys. Let's get going. Let's get this thing popping the last quarter of the show. Okay. Listen, I love what they're doing. They're making moves. They're freeing up cap space. They're cutting everybody. If you got some money and you don't have the performance to, to match your dollars, they're going to move on from it. But, you know, that's normal practices, right? And I think these are moves that they probably are good moves because, you know, these guys weren't, you know, upper ash and based on what they were making. Fine. They cut my friend Mike Polardi, which I'm bummed about. But other than that, I understand who? that. The punter? Mike Polardi, the punter. I saw that he's been on the podcast. Great guy. Well, you had, but you had my man from the Gamecocks there who, who was better than him. Uh, well, he wasn't better than him, but he had a good season. And, and well, he, was they didn't, he played all last year, though, in front of him. Yeah, yeah, Polardi was injured, so it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll find somewhere. There's 31 other ones. <laughs> but uh, listen, man, I don't know about the Deshaun. I, listen, I'm a CMC listen, dude. Man, tell me. I, I'm a CMC dude, bro. Listen, you can't go getting rid of everybody. You can bring a quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm, this Bryce, a quarterback needs help. I know you're a big Tom Brady guy and all this stuff. He can be Tom Brady at 58 years old if he didn't have all the pieces around him. You can't sell the form. You don't have an offensive line that could block me right now. I got bad knees and bad shoulders. I think I can get around those tackles that, that the Panthers have. If you bring Deshaun Watson in here running for his life, you can't protect him. You don't have a running back. And you heard me say this, the new age running back, is, is a Christian McCaffrey type of guy that can be a weapon outside as a pass catcher, running the football out of the nickel and dime sets, you know, perfect. But if you got to get rid of Christian McCaffrey, I love Mike Davis, a game cop, but they ain't going to cut the mustard. I mean, he's an in-between tackle guy, great player. But, eh, listen, if you give it up, because you, you have to give up future picks, you have to give up your best offensive player over the last three years, you're going to have to give up Bridgewater. You don't have an offensive line. And what are you going to do? Yep. Normalcy comes back. You fill up the stands when, when that time comes because he's a Clemson guy right down the road, I-85. But he ain't got no help. Zero. And, and I just don't – listen, I'm sorry. I would I would much rather keep things in place, play Bridgewater another year, draft a quarterback – Get me some offensive linemen. You build your team from the inside out. And and Tom Brady's got another year. He's gone. You can Drew Brees is gone. Matt Ryan is gone. NFC South wide open. No need to risk everything and get nothing on your return. Hey, nothing. You're getting a top five quarterback. Yeah, you're getting a top five, five quarterback with nothing to work with. You can be a top five quarterback, but if you we saw that with Patrick Mahomes. And he's the best quarterback in the league. But you, if you don't have nobody to block for you and, and time you get the snap, you're, you're running for your life, it ain't going to work. I, I mean, absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree work. with the offensive line. There's no question about it because Andrew Luck was unbelievable and they weren't protecting him and he's out of the league now. So you, you have go, to build the offensive yeah. line. I don't but, care how great you are. So, yeah, so I totally agree with that. But as far as the running back goes, let, let's talk about the best running backs last year. Dalvin Cook, how did he do in the playoffs? Alvin Kamara. Uh, let's see, who else? Who are, who are our top? Who are you're, you're, you're just talking about how great the, the hybrid running backs are. Where, where were they at in the playoffs? The Bills, no running game. They were pretty good in the playoffs. The Chiefs, no running game. They were pretty good in the playoffs. The Bucks, Leonard Fournette, you know, he was fine, but he's, he wasn't dynamic. So you don't have to have the big-time running backs to win in this league. Yeah, you, you got to have them to get there. Yeah, but go back. Yeah, you can just say the playoff price. How do they get there? How how what kind of regular season do they have? Kamara. They didn't run the ball. 
I mean, Clyde Edwards was they're okay. running, They run the ball different ways now with the backs. They go. Just, they use different uh, personnel sets. You got to have these players because they make the defense adjust and do things they don't want to do. You got to have. That's 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 not true. What people say, you don't need a top. You better have a running game because the the Bucks had to be able to run the football in, in that championship game. Leonard Fournette. Some could argue. His name would have been in there with the MVP in the Super Bowl. He had a pretty daggum good game. And that's splitting time, right, with Jones. So, listen, Christian McCaffrey is a big-time weapon. And if you get rid of him, listen, I like their receivers, but let's be honest. Let's be honest. They're not great receivers. Now, now Samuel, who they moved around, uh, the, the guy from the Jets, I'm forgetting his name. Bobby Anderson was at he, He's that was solid. a good of a one-two combo as any receivers in the league. The numbers they put up with Teddy Bridgewater. You give him Deshaun Watson. Okay, but my, my point is this. But they're not known across the league as the dynamic duo. So my point is, I'm just being honest, they're really good players. They're really good players. But even then, if you don't have an offensive line, what would rank the Panthers' offensive line? It's lower tier, for sure. PF, and P- PFF, ranked, PFF ranked them at the end of the season as 18th in the league. Okay. Yeah. I question. I don't even know who PFF is, but I question that. They need. They, have, they need help for sure. Yeah. So you build the line, but it's so hard to find a quarterback. Like that's the that's the whole that's the whole game. You gotta find you gotta find the next guy, and we we've already seen enough of Watson to know that he can be the guy. Now he had a tough year last year because they didn't have a lot of weapons. And so to your point, Corey, yeah, you got to have somebody to throw to, and you got to be able to run the ball because David Johnson was inconsistent. But my point is, you don't have to have like hanging on to McCaffrey and paying him as much money as the Panthers are paying him, that doesn't necessarily mean Super Bowl. But having a, a stud cornerstone quarterback, that does set you up. And that's why the Bills are better, because they found Allen. That's why the Ravens are in contention, because they got Jackson. That's why the Titans turned the corner, because Tannehill proved to be a legit quarterback. And then, of no, course, this team has really good offensive lines. And I'm not arguing that. I mean, I, but, <laughs> I but mean they, really so we good. Didn't, we didn't right. see any mediocre quarterbacks taking their team deep into the playoffs either. Bryce, let me ask you this. So it's it's a convincing argument. Do whatever it takes to go get a quarterback. Of course. You can't win without a quarterback. That's a convincing argument. Would you do it in the draft? Panthers are at eight. Would you? I've seen so many mocks talking about Trey Lance. I'm probably not sold on Trey Lance. But they're saying, could you go get Trey Lance, let him learn behind Bridgewater for a year or two? So could the Panthers have a three-year plan? And then also get offensive line in the draft. Keep your picks. Even if you don't want to get a quarterback at eight, you could potentially get the Oregon kid at eight, the number one lineman in this draft. Or you could trade up a little bit. So you could you could go that route. And as a side note, Christian McCaffrey is only 24 years old, which is just insane. He's so young, so dynamic, which is crazy. But would you go that route, Bryce? I mean, I like drafting offensive linemen early because normally you can kind of hit on those guys and they end up playing 10 years. And, and so it's a, it's a good. Yeah. And, and, and drafting a quarterback, it's about a 50, 50 shot on bust or good. And this, this yeah. Lance kid is like, come on, man, the dude played one game last year. I mean, played oh. in a small school. I mean, listen, this is the Panthers. Like I don't Tom McShay and, and whatever the other dude named Mel Kuyper of the world. I mean, that, Listen, I know they sell, and this is all good, uh, you know, to, to talk about and all this good stuff, and you know. But listen, at the end of the day, draw, draft in the line inside out is how you build your team. And yeah, Deshaun Watson, if he came to the Panthers and played with them, I'd be thrilled. Don't, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, oh, would you be willing to give up the farm? And now you got to try to do crazy stuff to bring in people to help him out. If that's the case, if you can't do that, then this this to me becomes a foolish kind of trade because you're going to give up future picks where you can bring in offensive linemen, Luke. You're not going to be able to have those because you're going to give them to Houston. So, you know, and who says free agents work out? Majority of the time, they don't. I mean, that's just his history. That's just history. So, And I, you know, I think you can win with a B-level quarterback. That That's just my that's just my opinion. I think you could you – could, you could win a Super Bowl with a B-level quarterback if the other parts of the team are better than average. Like 2016, yeah. 2016 Dallas, I said it that year. 
that was the best opportunity they had to win the Super Bowl. A rookie Dak, great, great offensive line, good enough defense. Uh, Zeke, good receivers. I said after that year, if they don't win it this year, it's de- it's on the decline. You got to take advantage of when things are popping, and when a good offensive line is popping, I think you can get away with a B level quarterback. So I'm thinking maybe could the Panthers? You draft a guy. He doesn't have to play the first year. Of I mean, Mahomes did that. Of course, not saying anyone's going to be like Mahomes in this draft, but you can you can exactly. still work. You can still work with Teddy Bridgewater. You could stick a rookie behind him, let him learn for a year, and then deploy him the next season. I think that's possible. It's if you make a conscious effort to patch up the o, the O line. Yeah, no, it's I. We'll, we'll talk more about it as the as the weeks come. I think the Panthers have a, a great franchise. I think free agents will come here. They're going to want to play with Watson and, and Rule and, and Tepper, and and so I think they're building something. And and so I think they can find those offensive linemen. So, uh, Corey, you're showing off some rings. What are the rings? Do I need to go get my fantasy rings? Let's tie the title town, baby. And, you know, if you want, if you're talking all this talk, y'all talking. See, the, the examples are here. You know what I mean? It's, this is title town, baby. The examples Whose, name's are here. Whose name's on that? Uh, Miller. That's for all that matters. <laughs> it C counts. In Miller, the bloodline. Bro. C. Miller. And, and listen, listen, all you Clemson fans, I love you in Jesus Christ, but I know y'all hating. I know you hate that. If you want to get these Panthers in the NFL, Listen to the POP. Don't sell the farm. Don't do it. Sell the farm. Sell the farm. There's a good verse in the uh, in scripture about that, right? <laughs> Don't store up treasures. Don't store up Don't treasures. Store sell up it. Treasures here on earth with thieves and moth and all that stuff. They're gonna rot, but store them up in heaven. Uh, you think Jesus? Go. Go, you think what? What do you think our Super Bowl rings gonna be in heaven? But if the, if this on this earth is this gaudy man, the crown of righteousness is gonna be amazing, huh? That's right. All kind of diamonds and pearls. I'm going to have to go get my – my fantasy rings are in the other room, so I can't yeah, get them right now. My fantasy football rings. They're, they're blowing those out of the water. Those blow, blow them out of the water. We'll hey, hey, hey don't, ta- don't, don't talk down those fantasy rings. Hey, those those played, are mighty impressive. I've never played fantasy football a day in my life, but I'd love to see those. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get them out. All right. Got some, I'll let you borrow one. I'll let you borrow this little one. <laughs> this is a uh, – but we'll it's nice. You, Those are what? you get a ring for for every uh, every win or what? What are, what are all those? These for? are uh, two national championship rings. This is a. Uh, I don't want to hear about These are cha- national championship rings and uh, four SEC championship rings, and then two college football playoff championship rings. All right. That's not bad. Yeah. That's you know, cool. when That's they get the run up around here, they run up trophies, they smash them. You, yeah, know, not, we don't, we, you know, we're not the Buffalo Bills. We don't care about that. You know, we don't, yeah. we smash We smash AFC championship trophies around here. There you go. I'm with you on that. Well, cool. Well, uh, guys, fun show. Uh, we did run out of time. We weren't able to talk about Zion and the big win for the Pelicans yesterday uh, over Boston. And I was watching a bunch of Duke players in that game. So that was great. Uh, now the Lakers are trying to, to win without AD. They're struggling. Uh, Tim Tebow, done with baseball. The, the criticism for Tim Tebow is still just it blows me away. But I, to me, I give him a ton of credit for trying. Uh, didn't make it all the way to the, to the big show. But, but I thought, man, he still, still went for it. Good for him. And then Deion Sanders, head coach, gets a win. I like it. I'm always a primetime guy. That, so they got to get better fun. security at Jackson State. You they need better wins. security. Yeah, they, they try to steal rings at Jackson. That's right. You gotta watch out <laughs> yourself there, Corey. Keep those locked I know, up. man. I, I'm, we get ready to go work out. We get ready to go work out. I'm gonna go in the gym with these on. There you go. Hey, yeah, put up, put up, put on three plates each side with those rings on. <laughs> Push three fifteen with those rings on. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, guys. Well, hey, enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody listening today. We'll be back next Monday, ten thirty to eleven thirty a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and YouTube live. Uh, And then, man, if you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you. Always love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. For Corey Miller, Luke Heaton, Aaron May behind the camera, Kyle Martin in the office next to us, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, 
I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. You can join our Facebook group. We'll talk sports there. You can also uh, check us out on the Unpacked Lunch Wednesdays at noon. Just shoot me an email if you're interested in being a part of that. We got a lot going on. We got March Madness Sports Trivia coming up March 15th. We've got the Unpacking It Columbia Golf Tournament with Corey Miller on May 3rd. We'd love to see you out there as well. So a lot going on here at Unpacking It, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Podcast Live. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.